welcome to Explore the Word podcast. Thank you for joining in today. For the next couple of episodes, we'll examine finding peace. There is much discontentment and strife uh, for the lack of a better word, the world is looking for peace. I mean, that that's actually something people ask for, world peace. Uh, Christmas time, there might be children who write letters and say, we want world peace. And you heard, you'll hear people on interviews saying, we want world peace. Peace is desired. And it, we should desire and want peace. Luke 2.14 says, glory to God in the highest on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. The announcement that filled the sky over the shepherd's fields has been a long time in coming. For the centuries, Israel had been waiting for her Prince of Peace, Isaiah 9.6. Yet over 2,000 years later, ethnic and racial fires still burn. Religious Jews are still waiting. The ancient streets of Bethlehem have on times been shocked and rattled with firebombs and tear gas. And in our generation, we have seen wars in the Balkans and different parts of the Middle East and other regions of the world. When Jesus was born, all signs seemed to indicate that this Prince of Peace had finally come. A new star ruled the night sky. Angels filled the night with praise and worship for the newborn king. At least three wise men traveled from the east for months to bring the child gifts. A local king became very nervous and slaughtered the babies of that town. When the son of promise began teaching, his disciples were disappointed by what he said. Even though they saw him calm stormy waters on the Sea of Galilee, comfort grieving families, and silence demons, he did not become the Prince of Peace they expected or wanted. They wanted a warrior to throw off the bondage of the Roman Empire and her hardened legions. Instead, they heard from him predictions of separation and division within families. Matthew ten thirty four. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came to send said not I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set man of variance against his father and daughter against her mother. And the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's foe shall be they of his own household. Jesus did not bring peace his followers expected. But he did bring an unexpected kind of peace to a brutal pagan world. While family members who disagreed with Christ remained divided because of him, others have been radically and ethnically enemies suddenly become friends. Jews and Gentiles. People who accepted Christ became powerful examples of radical reconciliation, and they found unity in Christ. Before receiving the knowledge of Jesus Christ, huge amounts of the world at that time period lived under the spell of fear, magic, and superstition. They practiced human sacrifice, they glorified war, uh, often committed slaughters that are revolting. The spreading knowledge of Christ gradually broke down the tribal hostilities of these people, civilized them, laid foundation for many wonderful things, uh, abolishment of slavery, giving women the right to vote, the establishment of democratic governments. 
the result be bear the profound imprint of something Jesus told his disciples. In John chapter 14, verse number 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus did bring peace, folks. But it wasn't the conditions laid out in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 6, that says the wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf and the young lion, and the fattling together, and the little child shall lead them. And that, that's a reference to the future. It wasn't a reference to peace that God would bring through Jesus Christ at this moment on earth. The peace promised by the prophets and the angels still seemed like a distant dream. It didn't seem anywhere close. You know, the centuries since Christ have been like the centuries that preceded him in the sense of warfare. A military expert named Homer Lee established or estimated that only 234 of the last 3,400 years have been peaceful. He said, and this is a direct quote, to speak of the end of all wars is like speaking of the end of all earthquakes. What did Jesus Christ mean when he spoke of a peace that is not as the world gives? Why did he say, blessed are the peacemakers, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9? Why emphasize that he had not come to bring peace but a sword? Where can we find this peace that is newsworthy enough to cause a sky full of angels to declare peace on earth, goodwill, goodwill toward men? You know, we're going to look at some of these things that God brings us peace through. And the first one is we can have peace in our daily needs. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 9. Or what man is there of you whom... If his son asks bread, we'll give him a stone. The idea of providing for the needs of a son. I think we all have heard the statement, money talks. For many, many money talks like a god. It promises power, prestige, comfort, and security. But if we choose to let money define our worth... It will become a horrible master that will make us fearful of anything or anyone who could be viewed as a threat to that idol, to taking away our money. The reality is, our daily needs can never be satisfied permanently. So I get paid. I get my paycheck deposited in my bank account. I tell my wife, hey, I got paid. You can go get the groceries. And she goes out and maybe go to Costco or Sobeys or Food Basics, wherever it is. And she buys hundreds of dollars worth of food. I'm going to tell you right now, feeding four kids ain't a cheap proposition in this day, okay? So it's hundreds of dollars. It takes care of us for days, weeks maybe. But it's not permanent. It's a daily need. Now, the reality is our daily needs never will be satisfied permanently. Jesus shows his disciples that it was possible to have peace of mind to enjoy life's blessings without being a slave by them. You know, it, it, we sometimes get in this mindset that our things are our masters, where we should be the masters of the things. Jesus was from Nazareth that was like from the other side of the tracks who... He didn't have anywhere to lay his head. He didn't have much. He, 
he informed us that the Heavenly Father was not only aware of every sparrow that falls, uh, Matthew 10, 29, are not the two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father? He yeah, won't fall without your father knowing. And he knows the hairs of, the number of hairs on everyone's head. In Luke chapter 12, verse 7. You know, the Lord was concerned that his disciples share the peace of his own relationship with his father. He, he wanted them to have peace. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. Matthew chapter 6, 25. What shall ye eat, or what shall ye drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on? Is not life more than meat, and the body than raiment? And in verse 32 of the same chapter. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. Your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take thought there no, uh, take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Now there, there is growing peace that can be can distinguish a child of God from those uh, who are obsessed with the futile battle to gain more material security at the expense of all other things and expense of that of all others. If we don't trust our Heavenly Father to meet our needs, we'll become involved in this vicious cycle this vicious struggle for power and security. Again, we need to make sure that we're looking to God. God will provide for our needs. We can rest, we can have peace in Him. James 4, 1 says, From whence cometh wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lusts that war in your members? Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have, and can obtain, ye fight more, yet ye have not. Because ye ask not. James reminds us that conflict war is rooted in the human heart. Conflict at all levels grows out of a failure by one or more people to believe that as they obey God, he is committed to providing for their daily needs. I ought not to be jealous. I ought not to get upset. I ought not to... Uh, have uh, suspicious thoughts of someone, of a brother and sister in Christ who maybe they get a new car or uh, maybe uh, the Lord's provided them a, a better job, a better uh, financial uh, pay and things. No, I should be thankful that God is providing for them as God will provide for me. Jesus Christ trusted his Father to take care of him here on this earth. When the Lord walked on this earth, he trusted his Father to take care of him. So we as believers can trust our Heavenly Father to take care of us. And that can bring peace to our hearts to face our daily needs. I'm so glad you tuned in today and look forward to continuing uh, in our next episode of Examining Peace in the Face of Prejudice. Hope you'll join me then. Until next time. Keep exploring the word and looking to Jesus.